What's going on, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Chat. On today's episode, we're talking to the social media icon, the kid Gowie. Gowie, how's it going, my dude? Hey, it's going pretty well. Can't complain. How about you? Uh, you know, it is what it is. I can definitely <laughs> complain, but I'm I'm feeling good health wise, so can't complain about that. Uh, we're both in Maryland, in our home state. Proud supporters of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's just kick it off with some Ravens talk. How how fun was this season for you as a Ravens fan? And then the just drop for after the playoff game. Um, I will honestly say that this season, and a lot of people may not agree because, of course, like we didn't win the ultimate goal. But uh, honestly, this is my favorite Ravens team of all time. Like it was just the way that they played just made football so exciting. And it was like, there's a difference between waiting for Sundays to watch a game and actually like ready to watch the game. So it was like one game is over and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see them play again. Like immediately after one game, I was ready to see Lamar Jackson play again and watch Hollywood Brown burn defenders and a whole bunch of different things. So um, also I kind of like established myself, as like a Ravens presence yeah. during the season because I was doing a lot of trash talking, like, <laughs> just doing like recap videos. And I know like uh, like Eric Weddle shared a few, um, my guy Co-Cap shared a few, and you know just a whole bunch of people got hit to it. So yeah. um, a lot of people gravitated towards me and my Ravens talk and started asking for more Ravens talk. So um, just being a you know kind of like a figure for the Ravens and being cool with a lot of these guys it kind of just felt good because it's like um you feel part of the team to a degree yeah exactly feel feel a part of the team and just knowing that I grew up watching this team and now that I kind of have some sort of importance now this isn't like directly through the Ravens but it's just like my presence uh is felt and when you see Gowie you either refer to me through my basketball content or if you talk about NFL it's Baltimore Ravens so I almost feel like it's a level cooler is that people associate the Ravens with you and you're not associated with them. Like I know, you know, people on the social media team who are actually like public facing figures and they're, it's because they're a part of the Ravens are getting that recognition, but you essentially created this piece for yourself, which I think is awesome. I agree with you. The season was so fun. Lamar Jackson. I mean, my roommates would joke about it saying like, it was almost like he was some form of a drug and you just needed more. You wanted more week after week. We didn't come up we didn't come up with the ultimate goal, which was a shocker. Like I thought if we got Mahomes in the playoffs, anything could happen. I thought there was no shot in the world what was gonna happen against the Titans, but you know, some days it just doesn't go your way. But I agree. It was a fun year. And I think before we move on, last thing is just do you have any doubts that Lamar actually chokes in playoff games or it's just two bad games in his illustrious career? Um, I will say the first year, there was definitely some choking there. I mean, number one, he was a rookie. He only had yeah. about like eight starts under his belt. So it was kind of like that stage was just too big for him. The game was still fast for him at that moment. So it was like, I will cut him some slack with that one. Uh, this year, I wouldn't necessarily say that Lamar choked. I just felt like the the whole offense as a whole was just out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people were dropping wide open passes. Um, it just it just didn't look right as a unit. So I couldn't put, pin that on Lamar Jackson. I feel like the whole offense as a whole needed to do some more work. But uh, we'll I mean we'll definitely be a playoff team next year. So it's it's just a matter of 
you know, three times is the charm. So it's like yeah. if we if we go and we see like Lamar have an iffy performance in the playoffs, maybe we need to run a new strategy. Maybe have Lamar in the regular season have a quarterback. <laughs> you bring back Joe. Bring back exactly. Joe. <laughs> Joe's a free agent, so bring Joe back for the playoffs, <laughs> and we'll just work that way. That's facts. I mean, look, Peyton Manning lost his th- first three playoff games. Mahomes won the MVP the year before he won the Super Bowl. I mean, the, it looks like things will be fine. And honestly, I'm depending on who we draft and maybe make another signing. I like literally want to say we could go 16 and 0. I think our defense is that good, and then you add in the MVP of the league, and oh, yeah. we could be special. We could be. And what special. I love, what I love best is that, um, not only. Did we not like the what I love most about the team as of right now and like the moves that Eric is making? Mm-hmm. Basically, we have the same exact team, but we're just adding pieces. So it's not like we're we're taking major losses and we gotta find a new person to plug in. I mean, we lost Yonda, so that's like a big yeah. piece that we need to figure out. But aside from that, we still were able to maintain our defense, brought Peters back, brought Judon back. So it's like all these guys are coming back and we're adding on top of that. So it's like the chemistry is going to be there. We just have these plug-and-play players, and I think defense is going to be ridiculous. Yep, I love it. All right, so back to how you became an actual personality. I would say your big viral moment was the LeBron James Challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the greatest videos in internet history, literally. <laughs> uh, were you doing a bunch of stuff before that? Like, I think everyone always assumes like when that person goes viral and then it's about how do you continue that success, which you obviously did. But I don't think people see the success before that or the attempts or all the hard work put in. Like that wasn't the first time you ever posted anything online, right? No, um, I've actually been creating content since 2012, I believe, on YouTube. But I wasn't really going hard with it. So it was like I'd create a video here and there. um, And it was like kind of like a, my my own inconsistencies kind of led to me not really blowing up. I would see some traction and like some clout come about, but uh, just my inconsistency was, was holding me back. So in fact, I had uh, a few parodies that had blew up and like went viral. So I had a viral uh, Lil Wayne video that had, I think it was on, it was on world star hip hop. Um, I had a few Vons that made it to World Star Hip Hop and made it on like Double XL and different things like that. So my name has always been around since about 2012, but like I didn't really become a internet, social media, celebrity, whatever you want to call me, until the LeBron Challenge took off. And I decided to, you know, I was like, <laughs> I can't go back to being inconsistent. I got to just keep going. So now I'm here. Yeah. So what were your next steps after that? What, as far as the the like, like obviously you made the mental note of like, okay, I need to be more consistent, but how do you actually go about doing that? And then how do you deal with, right? Like when something like that goes that viral, it almost feels unattainable to continue that success. And you have reached that, but how do you keep pushing through with videos that only would get, you know, a few thousand views there and it took a ton of time. And then how do you take that mental mindset of, okay, I need to be consistent. What did you do to actually live that out? Oh, um, to be honest with you, it wasn't even from a content standpoint. It was more so just my reality that I was living. So it was like um, I was working at a warehouse full time and I was also going to the University of Baltimore for uh, like part time after work. So I would work from 7 a.m. to 5 and then I would have night classes at the University of Baltimore. So it was like 
I'm just working these things and I'm just looking around, paying attention to my surroundings and then feeling like my body just feeling weak. And I was like, bro, I got to, something else has to give. Like, <laughs> I was like, I have too much talent to just be sitting on this and like just doing this. And it's, and that's no shade to anybody that may work in a warehouse or like right. college or something like that. But it's just like, I felt personally, like I just had more to offer than just this. And, you know, um, there was one night in particular where, I decided to try stand up because everybody was like, bro, you should do stand up because you're kind of funny, blah, blah, blah. And me being like the person that I am, I was like, oh, I'm naturally funny. I don't have to practice anything. I'll just go <laughs> and just do it. And I was definitely wrong. Like I went up on that stage as soon as that light hit me and everybody got quiet and just stared at me. <laughs> definitely bombed that night. But um, it was one of those things where like I had a, just an epiphany. Like after that happened, I wasn't like upset or was embarrassed. It was more so like, I know I'm not ready for this yet, so I'm going to stick to the internet comedy. And literally, not even 24 hours later, the LeBron James challenge happened. And I was like, yeah, that's it's crazy how life works. So, no way. It happened that quickly after. Literally. Like, I went, to, I went to sleep, woke up. One of my friends tagged me in a post on the shave room. It was a guy actually doing a LeBron James challenge. So that's a fun fact for those out there who think I started it. I didn't start the challenge. I just did the challenge. And mine just happened to be <laughs> the one that people love the most. Um, and yeah, like I, I was like, I had already had a bald head because I had did a Tupac skit, uh, like two days prior. And yeah, after that, it just took <laughs> off. And I was like, wow, like, it's really crazy how that happened less than 24 hours. Life, life just happens like that, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people will say it's luck, right? And I think yeah. when you're successful, you know, it has nothing to do with luck, right? Not like. It, it did happen, those sequence of events in 24 hours, and that is crazy, but it's a ton of hard work that goes into it. For sure. And it was funny because, like, when my friend tech, like, all right, let's say, for instance, if after I bombed at the, at the comedy show, let's say if I was just down on myself, I was like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to do anything. Like, if I was real down on myself and my friend tagged me in that post and I was like, I'm not even going to pay attention to that, right. I would have missed my moment. So it was like the fact that I had already like after that happened, I had already told myself like, you know what, maybe stand up isn't for me at this moment, but I'm gonna stick with the internet comedy. And that was like the mindset that I had that I was just going to go hard with the internet stuff. So that's, that really was, I guess, just my way of thinking kind of brought me out of that versus being down on myself and missing that moment. So that's a good thing that I can say about that is that you always got to be positive even during the downtimes because it's like, you could be missing something, missing your, your window. So no, I mean, I love that mindset and I totally agree. Could not agree more. Um, what would you say is like your platform, like your number one? So you got 184k on Instagram. You just hit 100k on YouTube. Congrats! I saw that. That must have felt nice. Yeah. Um, and then you love to get into it on Twitter. So where do you think like if someone had to pin you to one platform, which it's obviously great that they can't, like I think that talks about how versatile you are. But yeah. where do you think like you are at your core? Um. Honestly, I think I'm the most consistent on Instagram because, mm -hmm. you know, like this is the era of algorithms. So, you know, with Instagram, you have to post consistently so you don't, you know, kind of just fall in the algorithm. So I feel like by force, I'm an Instagrammer. But in the long run, I would definitely want to be viewed as a YouTuber. So like once I start getting a little bit bigger or I can honestly say like once my following surpasses my instagram following on youtube mm -hmm. then i can like you know be more focused on that and 
create long form content, won't have to go as hard as on Instagram because I know like people will gravitate to the YouTube because that's where the content is. Yeah, I didn't realize it's already up to 123K on YouTube. YouTube yeah. can be a very fast growth platform. Speaking of algorithms though, like YouTube is probably the most confusing when it comes to that, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, we talked to, I've talked to Destroying and some YouTubers who can say like, all right, I actually do know how many views this will get, how many likes, how many comments. But there's also moments where like, I thought this was the most track, like Spice was like some of his big, biggest videos. He was like, this is terrible. I don't even know why I'm posting this. How do you, I mean, a few things, how much time do you take to put into one of these videos? And then you have like this LeBron James all-star draft, which was hysterical <laughs> and has 2 million views pretty much like, do you expect that coming in? And then how does something hit that high? And then others that you think are great pieces of content might only hit, you know, 10K, 30K, 60K. Yeah, it's it's real wild how that stuff like that happens. Um, The LeBron video, I knew it would do well because mm-hmm. just knowing my fan base, like, of course, they love the LeBron videos because that's kind of like what started this right. whole wave. But um, I didn't know it was going to do that good. Like that video had maybe like a million views in three or four days and like i've i've had a million viewed videos like on uh all my platforms so on all my platforms i have at least one video that has a million views even on instagram i had one video that had two million views on Instagram. what video was that uh it was once again it was a lebron video when uh boogie cousins went to golden state i believe (laughs) i did a video on that and that had like two million views and i was like bro how did how, how did i get two million views on instagram and I think I had about maybe like 130K on there. Mm-hmm. So like, however, the algorithm was working for me that day. Like, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I loved it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's sort of like a gamble. So like videos that you do think will do really well, it's usually the ones that don't do that well. So it's like, it's, it's weird. And the ones that you put the less effort in, um, those are the ones that take off. For example, the LeBron James challenge, like, I've put out so much creative content prior to that. And, you know, it's, it got a little bit of buzz and stuff like that, but I've never had a wave of just seeing my face everywhere and just getting hit up by everybody. And that was crazy for something that I just did because I was bored in the house. Like, (laughs) it's, It's really crazy. Like I said, there's no way of predicting it. Um, I think a lot of a lot of it plays into knowing your audience, but like like I said with the LeBron James challenge, I didn't really have an audience like that to be able to base that um, base that uh, narrative on that because it's like these are all new people that just found me through a viral moment. So it all depends, but knowing your audience definitely plays a way uh, play a big part into that. So talk to me about this then. You know your audience, right? And you only have not only you have one hundred twenty three thousand subscribers. So the thing is when you get over 123,000 views, it's being seen by not your audience. So how do you, is it a key to just know your audience that way they kind of spark the views in the beginning and then that hits the algorithm at a wider view? Yeah, so that's basically how it works. And um, just for example, Instagram in particular, uh, they have like something with their algorithm to where only about like like 10% of your audience or something like that sees the video when you post it. And I mean, I think that's weird, but it's they, <laughs> they kind of rely on that 10% to engage on the post. And if it gets like an amount of engagement that they feel is worthy enough to show to the rest of your audience, that's when they pull the trigger on that and they let it go. And then you'll see your numbers pick up. So um, 
yeah so basically knowing your audience make sure you you do something hysterical for them and they'll pretty much be the person to push it to you know send it off and see wherever it goes so like that lebron video with the the all-star weekend one i'm pretty sure my audience were the ones that kind of like pushed it and then youtube was like oh like this guy has something hot we're gonna you know put this on the recommended page or whatever the case may be and yeah, that thing took off real fast that makes sense that makes sense uh and then you have ventured well i don't know what was the order of events so you do internet comedy sports and then music you have a little music career going was, did that come after the fact once you had an established audience? Have you always been into music? No, that's that's one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that uh, I was making music in uh, 2011, 2012. So like wow. I was kind of I was kind of doing that alongside of doing comedy. So rap was my main thing. And then comedy was just like, well, I'm funny, too. So let me kind of flirt with this. And then I just got to the spot to where I was like, you know what? In order for people to hear my music. I'm going to have to build a following. And the fastest way to build a following is to make people laugh. So that's when I just started focusing on comedy. I locked in on that, started putting out videos, and then I dropped like a rap here and there. And I feel like now with the position that I'm in, it's been much easier to promote my skills as a writer or a rapper, whatever you want to call me. And um, because I'm able to tie it into my skits. So like I'll do a comedy skit with me doing a basketball parody so lebron james rapping or i'll do james harden rapping or mm-hmm. i'll do these freestyle friday videos where i impersonate people's favorite rappers that's that are in the game right now and that allows me to not only make them laugh but also showcase my talent as a writer and people will be like yo bro you need to drop a project this that and it's like it's like <laughs> in those comments because that's like that's kind of not the energy that i was getting back then I mean, I had like a little fan base, but it wasn't huge to where like people were demanding me to drop projects and stuff like that. Facts. All right. So, you know, you said you kind of want to go the route of you would like to be framed as a YouTuber, which means you're going to put in more work on YouTube. But overall, like, what are your goals with this, with this platform you have and the way the world's going? Like, where do you want to go from here today? Um, honestly, I think with myself, I just feel like I have such a great personality that I want to be deemed a personality. So like, gotcha. uh, you know, like, a um, like sort of like Nick Cannon. So Nick Cannon, he's technically a comedian, but you see him host different shows and, uh, he has like podcasts, he hosts Wild and Out and different things like that. So when you look at Nick Cannon, you don't just say, oh, Nick Cannon's a comedian. You look at him and be like, oh, that's Nick Cannon. And he just, his name just solidifies itself. So it's, it's not so much you can put him in a box. And that's kind of how I am. I just want to be deemed a personality to where you see me, you know all the things I do, but you can't label me. You just know me as Gowie. So that's like kind of like where I, I want to aim. Um, but of course, you know, there are things that I, I want to be able to accomplish like there are some people that say like I I should have my own show and things like that um having my own show I feel like that would be a lot of work but it would it would definitely be cool to have like a little segment or like a sports show to where I could like do like a little quick skit and just have people laugh sort of like a Saturday Night Live if I just had like a, a sports skit in the beginning or wherever the case may be so um, those are definitely some things that I would like to get into, have my own little thing, whether it's a whole show or it's just a little 10 to 15 minute segment. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things that I want to be able to accomplish, be in movies, you know, small things. I like it. 
I like, I mean, aim for the stars, right? Like, why yeah, not? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said you, I was listening very to something specific there. You mentioned Gowie, right? You want to be known as Gowie. So right now you're the kid Gowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that name come from and like how do you get it to just being Gowie like why specifically do you want to be known as just Gowie like talk about that um well the kid Gowie that was my rap name so like when I when I was trying to think of a stage name I was like what is the name that I could use and you know usually artists when they when they start growing they start flirting with different stage names so you come, you may go through like three stage names. Be like, nah, that's not it. I gotta come up with something yeah. different. And I, ultimately, I was like, you know what? I just want to use my real last name. So my real last name is Gowie. And I was like, that's going to be difficult for people to find. Mm-hmm. So I was like, because if you tell somebody my name is Gowie, they, obviously they're going to ask you how to spell it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I, was like um, I want to put the kid in front of it. And of course, you know, make it a little unique, I should say, and just right. like the kid and not the kid. And pretty much the kid does have significance because I view myself as like a grown child. And because I'm very childish, um, I like to do a whole bunch of kid things. Even when I was rapping, like the people that supported me, I used to call them like kiddos and stuff like that. So it just, I just like the idea of being a grown kid. And so I just put the kid gallery in front of it just because. Um, you know, I feel like that, that captured my personality as well as my last name. And, um, you know, as, as I get older, of course, I want to just be known as Gowie because he's like the kid. Your name. But, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it ultimately started with me just wanting to be called my last name. So yeah. like, I feel like eventually people are just going to get to the point to where they'd be like, Gowie. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's cool. Cause when I go out, people will be like the kid or they'll say Gowie. So it's like, whichever yeah, the one. kid's like a kind of, kind of a cool nickname though. Yeah. I'm definitely not mad at it. So like whichever, whichever one the person calls me, it's not going to, I'm not going to be like, no, that's not my name. I'm guy. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go like that, but you know, You're like fighting people just cause they call you not Gally. Exactly. So it's like, eventually I know like people will get to calling me Gally or whatever the case may be, but you know, I'm going to answer to any of it. Um, all right. So we have a, you know, a wide range of listeners to the show, but a nice core um, is a younger audience and they aspire to be like you. They want to use the internet to become successful and to get access and to be associated with the Ravens, all that type of stuff. So everyone who comes on the show, I ask if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? So I'm curious what yours would be. Um, sort of like what I was talking about earlier is really consistency. I mean, consistency is really your friend. And a lot of people, uh, they'll feel like they're putting the work in, but it's like, you can't stop. You can't ease up. You can't let the numbers kind of shake you like, oh, I've been doing this for three months and I'm only getting a hundred views on this video. I need to be getting a million. Like you really have to trust your process. Like Joel Embiid would say, and that's, it sounds so cliche, but it's really the truth. And I, I'm living proof for it. I wouldn't lie to you. Like I said, I've been creating content since 2012. And I just got my 100k subscriber plaque this year in 2020. So it was like, that lets you know how inconsistent I was. And then when I finally locked in, uh, and, and I'm gonna say 2018, because 2017, I wasn't really utilizing my YouTube like that. So mm-hmm. 2018 to now, that lets you know what happens when you lock in and you actually put out content and focus on, you know, establishing an audience and stuff like that. So 
Um, like I said, consistency is your friend. Do not give up. Do not allow the numbers to kind of shake you off your game. Just lock in on the audience that you have, whether that's one, 10, or 100 people, and just focus on entertaining them. And the people that are on the outside, they'll eventually gravitate to you. We get it all the time on the show. And everyone we talk to, whether it was Los or Max or Spice, and they all mention the same thing that you mentioned. And they're like, it's so cliche. And that's my favorite part is all these cliches are cliche for a reason. It's because they work. They're cliches for like, because it actually makes sense. And it, it is, it is so true. Just being consistent. One final thing that I'm genuinely curious about is uh, your fan interaction and more so based off what you just mentioned, which was, like, do you get fans who ask you for shout outs? Because the biggest thing for me, and I liked how you talked about it, whether you have one, a hundred, a thousand, can't get down on the views is like, people ask me, can I get a shout? Like, I just started this new page. I just did that. I'm like, I will 100% give you a shout out. Go work on your page for the next six months. Come back to me. I'll shout you out. I've never, not one time in three years, got a single person who came back and showed me six months worth of content on their page. So loaded question do you ever get something a request like that do you understand where i'm coming from and then two what is your relationship with your fan base oh yeah for starters uh i get asked for shout outs all the time whether it's from uh random people on the internet some of my family members like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's hilarious but um for me i'm not a shout out guy because number one i know how it was for me coming up so it's like the difference between me and somebody else is that somebody may charge you for a shout out. Um, and I'll probably charge you for a shout out too, but I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to tell you like, if you pay me for promo, right? this is, this is what you can expect. And you, I can't guarantee you any followers. It's all based on your content. So like, I'll really give people the game because mm. I don't want nobody wasting money. Like you could, you could have been using that money to really invest in yourself, buying equipment, trying to improve your quality of your content. Mm-hmm. And instead you want to pay somebody this amount of money um, in order to get a shout out on their page. And I also was talking to a friend uh, not too long ago. And I was like, the funny thing about shout outs is that once I shout you out, then what? Like, are you just going to sit on it? Or are you going to use that as motivation? Like, oh, yes, I gained about uh, 30 followers. This is what I got to do now. Like, I got to let these people know, like, they're here to stay. And that's one thing that I tell people about clout is, like, when you get it, getting it is the easy part. So you can you can have a viral video, but how are you going to keep people to stay around? Right. And that's the most difficult part because I've seen people fizzle out. I've seen people, uh, you know, I've seen their numbers drop and stuff like that. And it's like the whole part about this is, growing like you want to if you really into the content creating life you really have to lock in and put out content and um so to answer your question yes i'm very uh i'm very against the shout out thing but i i do like how you do the six months thing mm-hmm. i think that's very smart because it's like let me see what work you put in first and then i'll give you a shout out when you come back and the fact that they don't come back once again that's inconsistency and that's going to be your biggest enemy when it comes to uh growing now, as far as my following in general, how I engage my fans, like if you talk to my fans, I'm, they'll say like I'm one of the realest people <laughs> because <laughs> like, 
I, I reply to as many people as I can, whether it's DMs, whether it's comments, and that's on every platform, yeah. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Um, I follow, I actually follow back on Twitter. Um, I don't follow back on my other platforms because I try to keep that within like people that I actually know, mm-hmm. not try to like flood that and uh, pollute my pages. But um, Twitter, I definitely follow back people who request a follow back or whatever the case may be. Um, and I'm always down in the DMs to give people game or insight on some things that they may not know. So like there'll be people to reach out and be like, bro, I'm really thinking about creating content. What are some things that I should look out for? And I will really type like almost a, a essay to give you all the game that um, I've soaked up so far. So it was like, I'm very open to helping people uh, on the knowledge side, but I'm not just going to shout you out just because you asked for one. Like I want to see you put the work in because that's what got me here. Totally agree. I do the same thing. People will be like, hey, how'd you start this podcast? I'll be like, all right, use Anchor, do this. It's good if you're just getting started. If you want a nicer mic, use this. I agree. Like, give back to your community. That's the way to do it. Because, I mean, Omar's doing it solid at ESPN, and we do it well at Whistle. But outside of that, and Overtime does a solid job. But, like, overall, these big athletes and influencers and stuff, they don't really give back to their – they give back, but they're not responding to comments. Um, so the people really do appreciate. And what I've noticed is like, that's how you get a fan for life, right? You talk about the stickiness of, okay, I got 30 followers. How do I keep them? Well, if you want to keep one person and don't underestimate how much one person can be worth to your following, if you want to keep them, write something thoughtful, not just on a hundred emoji or a fire emoji. If you actually respond and you show that you took the time, even if it takes you 18 seconds to type two sentences, they're there for life. And I think that's something I've learned over the years that can be really effective. Exactly. And that was one of my, uh, like one of my go-tos on Facebook because you know, on Facebook, they actually have the person's real name. So I'll like personalize the message. So like, if they'll be like, this is a hilarious video. And I'd be like, I appreciate that mark or whoever right right like you know you personalize that to let them know that you really went out your way to you know acknowledge them that comment was for them and for them in particular it wasn't just a copy and paste couldn't agree more couldn't agree more well uh hopefully after all this stuff is over we can get back out there you can be reacting to sports content we can link up maybe at a ravens game we'll have to talk about that offline you can help push the baby goat now that you're uh i'll make you an official ravens ambassador i'm down for that i support hey, let's go <laughs> i support that uh, but everyone listening make sure to check out the kid da space kid space gowie spell gowie for them though because you say that's always the problem <laughs> that is uh g-o-w-i-e so yeah so you know, find I, him I feel like that's easy it's if, not if, honestly until you said it on here I didn't think it was that hard, but I've also seen it so many times on social and just like knowing who you are. So maybe that was me, but I don't think it's that. How do people spell it wrong? Um, I don't, I don't even know if anybody has spelled it wrong, but like the way people pronounce it, it's kind of like, all right, I know if you were to write this down, it would be terrible. Like, (laughs) matter of fact, one of my little league moments, I was playing little league baseball and they were like introducing us on like the, you know, the, um, the little intercom thing. And they were like, uh, number 15, window gooey. And I'm like, (laughs) and I was like, that is not my name, bro. So um, if you ever have any confusion, just think like Howie. So like Howie Long or just just change it with a G. So Gowie. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 
All right, Snapback fam, stay tuned for more Snapback chat episodes. Check out the Kid Gally on all social platforms. Let's get him to a million subs on YouTube. That way we can see the reaction because the thumbnail for the 100K plaque is already epic. I can't imagine what a million would be like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.